Good morning, Grace Point Church. Good to see all of you. That is funny every time I watch it. It is still funny. And it's funny because it's happening to somebody else, let's be honest. So we're in this series called Stupid Should Hurt. And the, uh, we're going through the book of Proverbs. There's wisdom in the book of Proverbs because there's this, there's this idea that we do stupid things. Right? We talked about that last week. You know, I got this. If, if you didn't uh, listen last week, I encourage you to go back. Kind of set the whole tone for the series. Uh, you know, but Proverbs has lots and lots of wisdom for us daily so that we don't make dumb decisions and more to the point that we don't um, feel the consequences of our dumb decisions. Just out of curiosity, last week we, we uh, passed out these cards. A bunch of you said you're going to jump in on the 30-day wisdom challenge. If you didn't get a chance to do that, there's more um, out there in the lobby. How many of you this week... You gained some wisdom from God just by being in his word. Raise your hand. Yeah, that is fantastic. That's cool. We had over 300 people grab these cards. Super, super excited about that. Well, this is week two of Stupid Should Hurt, and we're going to talk about fool's gold. Now, I get it. You go, okay, fool's gold. This probably has something to do with money. Yes and no. Uh, I want to tell you uh, right off the top, we just did a series. Barry did an incredible job on, on tithing and giving. It was a five-week series, Horizon. In fact, you just heard about that just a few minutes ago. That's not what we're going to talk about at all today. If you missed that series, please, please, please go back and listen to that series. We're starting today from the premise of, okay, what we have is God's. We tithe, we give back to God first, and then what do we do with the rest? So today we're going to look at Proverbs and look at a very, very specific aspect of money. And to jump in, I'm going to have you help me. So let me ask you a question. How many of you last week spent money? Raise your hand. Spent money. Perfect. Okay. How many of you plan on spending money this week? Yes. Those of you that aren't raising your hand, people around look, they're going to be sponging off you. I'm just saying, they're, I ain't spending money. I'm spending their money. Okay. Two biggest things that couples fight about in their marriage are sex and money. Money is this thing that, you know, that we have in our lives. But here's the deal with money. Money is amoral, right? It, it, it has no, it, it's neither good nor bad. We get to choose how we spend money. And people spend money in very, very different ways. In fact, uh, search the internet looked up some of the most expensive things that people have spent their money on, just to highlight a few. Here's the first one. One million dollars, and you're going, wait, that's a garage door. No, 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 this is a parking spot in downtown Manhattan. One million dollars for the privilege of parking in downtown Manhattan. I guess if you live in New York City, you would go, that is totally worth it. Uh, out here where we live, you're like, that seems dumb. So uh, it's, apparently it's changed hands about six times, but a million dollars for that parking spot. If you're like, a million dollars, Kevin, that is not very impressive. I agree. How about this for your bedroom? 1.6 million for a magnetic floating bed. Oh, yes. And I know what you're thinking. You're like, wait, I can blow up a raft and go out in the water and get the same experience. I know, but you can impress your friends and go, I have a magnetic bed and you don't. $1.6 million. If you're into computer stuff, the most expensive domain name is insure.com, $16 million. $16 million for the website insure.com. By the way, just for those of you that are old enough to remember, do you remember the big dot-com thing where everybody was buying up names and then selling them? Do you guys remember that? Like, oh, why didn't I pick insure? Well, I agree. Uh, but somebody did. How about this? The, 
the um, gra uh, Graf Pink Diamond, $46 million, 24-carat diamond ring. And I showed you this after Valentine's Day, so the pressure is off, men. You're like, well, somebody else bought it. Sorry, honey. I, it's okay. It's okay. But $46 million for this ring. Now, this next one, I kind of don't think is excessive. I, I, I kind of, I'm like, well, you know, I, I, could, I could justify that. Uh, it's this. It's a 1963 Ferrari GTO. Most expensive car ever, $70 million for this car. Which I see value in that. I'm just me personally. I see, you know, $70 million. The actually, the saddest thing about this entire car is that it never gets driven. Uh, it is in somebody's garage somewhere going, hey, you want to see my car? Uh, I, I think it should be driven. Anyway, now you're going, okay, millions of dollars, tens of million dollars, whoopee. When are we going to get to the real spending? Because I have a large bank account. I'm glad you asked. Uh, his most expensive yacht ever, $4.8 billion. It's called the History Supreme. There it is right there. Uh, it is made out of solid gold and platinum and then driven in salt water. Hey, stupid should hurt, right? I mean, whatever. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. But you look at this and go, hey, you know, I don't feel so bad about the infomercial money I spent last night on that dumb gadget. Uh, $4.5 billion, that's a, that's a lot of money. Let me give you some statistics on uh, money. Around, um, uh, around 80%, you know what, I got out. <laughs> Sorry, here we go. Uh, stats on money, around 80% of Americans are in debt. Eight in 10 Americans have some sort of consumer debt, and the average debt in America per household is $38,000. That's not including a mortgage debt. Collectively, Americans have 14 trillion dollars in debt in America. Now here's the deal, in order to have debt, you have to spend money, right? You, in order to have debt, you have to spend money. So we're gonna look today at how to spend the money that we have. I said this earlier, money is amoral, it's neither good nor bad. All of us have a certain amount of money that God has given us that we manage each and every month, no matter if it's a large amount or a small amount, the, the, um, the principles are the same because money is about making small decisions. How you manage your money is a series of small decisions that you make. So I want to talk about five questions from the book of Proverbs that you should consider before spending money because we're all going to spend money this week. Five questions you, can, you should consider before spending money. Here it is. Question number one, is this a need or a want? Is this a need or a want? Proverbs 21, 20 says this. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. The average American spends almost 18000 a year on non-essentials, meaning frivolous things. That's about $1,500 a month on just throwaway stuff. Just money that like, eh, I could have it. I, I, I couldn't, uh, I don't necessarily need it. Here's a breakdown. Um, this is taken from 2019. Here's a breakdown of some of the places that that $1,500 goes. Restaurants eating out, $209. Takeout, Uber Eats, things like that, $177. Uh, maybe going out to lunch, $173. Impulse purchases, where I see it, I buy it, $108. Subscription boxes, you know, all those little cardboard Christmas comes every month. Oh, what is it? Read your email. They tell you what it is. Uh, but you get those little boxes that are, um, that are on your door. Cable TV, uh, 90 bucks. Online shopping, $84. Paid apps for your phone or pa uh, iPad, $23. 
TV, moving streaming, $23. Music streaming, $22. Coffee, $20. Right? Who, who, who is this person and where are they only spending $20? I mean, I spent $20 just getting two coffees at Starbucks. Right? I mean, where, who is this person and, and how are they spending this? Um, how about this one, though? Bottled water, $17 a month on bottled water. And just, you know, just, yeah, just buy it. And just Little things that we spend our money on add up. Now, again, money is amoral. It's neither good or bad. We choose how we spend it. And a lot of things we, that we spend, we have to ask ourselves, is this a need or a want? You're going, okay, well, how do you differentiate between the two? Let me give you an example. I need to eat food, right? If we don't eat, we'll die. We need to eat food. I want lobster. <laughs> right? Some might say, if you haven't gotten it in Maine, no, you need lobster. But I want lobster, right? That is a want. That's not a need. How about this one? I need clothes. You're going, Kevin, I'm glad you need clothes. Thank you for wearing them today. I'm really, really glad. But I need clothes. You need clothes. We need clothes. I want the designer label. I want this type of brand. I want these type of shoes. No, I need shoes. No, I, I want these type of shoes. And again, it's, not, it's neither good nor bad, but understanding the difference between a need and a want. How about this one? I need transportation. I want a new car. It's, they're different. I, tra needing transportation, that's a real need. Wanting a new car is not necessarily a need. But understanding the difference between the two. Now, over the years, I've collected a few things that at the time I thought were needs slash wants. It got a little gray, but I thought I would share them with you. Uh, just, you know, kind of go a little down memory lane. Just a few things that I've picked up along the way. The first one, I mean, you know what this is? It's a personal disc player, CD player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for any of you that are under the age of 20, we used to wear these on our hip. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, we were something special. And then it would, the music would go, because it would skip. And we had terrible foam ears, like nothing in your ear. It was terrible. You could hear the outside noise. It was, I think I spent $300 on my first, don't judge me. I think I spent three. <laughs> I didn't spend 20 on coffee. Uh, but this right here. I, honestly, this was 20 bucks. I, just, I, I got it on Amazon. It's 100% going to be a white elephant gift at, at December. I'm just telling you right now. Okay. How about this one? Speaking of music, you guys know what this is? All right. Old school iPod. Back in the day when we had to put all of our CDs on this little thing, right? It's like, oh, it was, took forever, right? And the, I paid extra for the pink carrying case, by the way. I just want you to know that. Yeah, iPod. But this is probably my favorite one. I don't know why I still keep this. But I do my first cell phone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, back in the day, it was nice because if you were getting robbed, you could just stab somebody with it at the same time. <laughs> the only candy crush you played on this phone was literally crushing the candy. Um, it's, it, is, it weighs like 100 pounds. Um, but I, I don't know why I still have it, but I do. I, yeah. I don't, even, I don't even know if it still works. But now... At the time, those were probably more wants than needs. And again, it's not, it, 
they're not a, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to want things. I think that's a good thing. I think that we pray about those things and, and you know, ask God for those things. But here's the deal. Save for a want, spend for a need. And know the difference. If you save for a want, and I remember having to save for this CD player. I was in college. This was a ton of money. And I remember, you know, saving and, and I remember buying this. And it was a big deal. It was a kind of a sense of accomplishment. Like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for this. And it's okay, but save for the want and spend for the need and know the difference. Number two, will this help me or hurt me? Will this help me or hurt me? Proverbs 22, 7 says, the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a slave of the lender. The average credit card debt per household in America is $5,135. The average credit card interest rate, those are, those are real numbers. Uh, the average credit card interest rate is 16.13%. So 16% interest on about five grand. And see, being in debt is difficult. For those of you that, that you find yourself in debt, it's difficult because you can finance almost anything. And I mean literally, you can finance almost anything. You can slot those credit cards down. You can go into a store. You can do long-term financing. And, and we, in the moment, just go, oh, yes. And we don't even think about the long-term impact that it's going to have on our lives. I love this quote. Don't spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. Don't spend money you don't have to buy things you don't need to impress people you don't like. I shouldn't have everything that I want. But we live in a society where everything's instant gratification. I see, I want, I buy. And you've got to ask yourself that when I'm going to make a purchase, whatever it is, is this going to help me or hurt me? I, I did a little uh, quick math here. You know, when you're buying something, especially when you're buying something on credit. And look, I know sometimes we get in a, in a pinch and, and we got to use a credit card. I, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just, hey, I'm just going to buy it. I got plastic. I'm just going to, I'm going to spend the money and here I go. I'm just going to, I'm just going to buy things. So what does it really cost long term? We use that $5,000 uh, number. Let me just pencil it out for you. $5,000 at 16.9% uh, interest. If you, pay, if you spent $200 a month, it's going to take you two years and eight months to pay that off. If, and that's if you didn't spend any more money on the credit card. Two years and eight months to pay that off. And at the end, you're going to spend an extra $1,215 in interest. So when I say, will, will it help me or hurt me? Those are questions that we don't necessarily ask ourselves. And if you've you got to go, okay, was well, it a want or a need? Go back, and, go back to the point I just made. Because a lot of times, especially when it comes to putting things on credit, that first question is really important. Is it a want or is it a need? And then if I'm going to buy it, is it going to help me or hurt me? Question number three. Does this control me or do I control it? Does this control me or do I control it? Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Where will my spending take me? Do you have a plan for the money that you have? And think about that. I mean, do you have a plan? Like, yeah, I have a plan. I'm going to go spend it. That's what my plan is. I mean, do you, I mean, honestly, do you have, do you think of, do you think of money in terms of, okay, I've been given these resources and there's certain money going to spend and, but what is the long-term plan for money? I remember when Monica and I were first married, 
uh, we just celebrated 29, year, uh, 29 years of marriage. So it was a long time ago when, uh, when we were first married. But we were in a one-bedroom apartment. We were in a one-bedroom apartment when friends of ours were, were getting you know, bigger places. We chose to stay in a one-bedroom apartment because we wanted to buy our first house. And so we, we said, okay, we're, we're going to say... Uh, we're going to say no to the to bigger place because we want to save money. We're going to put extra money away. And we were able to get into a house sooner because we made that decision. But it was a long-term decision, and it was, for lack of a better word, short-term pain. Because when friends would come over from out of town, they slept on the couch. When mom and dad visited from out of state, they stayed at a hotel. There was a decision, a conscious decision that we made going, okay, we're going to do this for a short amount of time. And when it comes to money and when it comes to spending, you got to ask yourself, does this control me or do I control it? I love this next verse, Proverbs 27, 23. Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. Internal question for you. Please don't raise your hand. Internal question. How many of you use a budget? How many of you use a budget? And you're like, yeah, I use a budget. It's my credit card statement. What are you talking about? That's my course. No, no, no. I mean, where you actually sit down and pencil out every month, I've got this much. What does it all look like? How is this money, how is this money uh, going to go out? No matter how much you have or how little you have, everybody can use a budget. Um, this is a budget, that, a piece of paper that I use when uh, I'm teaching premarital counseling. It's very, very simple. In fact... Um, I, I shot a short video this week. If you don't know uh, how to budget or you're not into budgeting, you can go to gracepointkidsup.com forward slash wisdom. It's the same website from last week. Just scroll down. There's a lot of great resources on there. One of these is how to use a budget. But using a budget matters because it, it helps us figure out how to control the money that God has given us. 2009 survey uh, by Debt.com found that one out of three don't use a budget, but 93% of people said, yeah, you probably should use a budget. <laughs> I don't know, it doesn't make any sense to me. One out of three doesn't, but 93% go, oh, yeah, 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 totally. And I would say probably if we took a survey in here, almost 100% of you would say, yeah, using a budget, I see the value in that. But not 100% of people use a budget. Just understanding where does it go. And a, a budget, here's what I mean by budget. You make X amount of dollars a month. And for most of us, that's a pretty steady, we know what our paycheck's going to be. Then you look at and you go, okay, I have, I have certain expenses that are fixed. Uh, rent, mortgage, um, that, that's a fixed thing. Um, your utilities pretty much uh, are, are a fixed thing. Cable TV, there's certain things that you know every month are going to be a certain amount. And you go, okay, that much is gone. I have now this much, it's less than the big number, it's this number. And then you kind of look through that and go, okay, what are some of the things we're going to be doing this month? For example, one of the things in our budget, we have an entertainment budget. And I remember when our kids were younger, Monica and I would have these conversations like, okay, Mackenzie's going to a birthday party this month, it's, we're going to have to buy a present, we got to set some money aside. But what happens is, is at the beginning of the month you have these conversations so that when the events happen, it's not stressful. Because again, money is amoral. It's not good or bad. It's what we do with it that makes it good or bad. And for some of you, if you just took this one thing about know the condition of your, of your flocks, pay attention to your herds. If you just took that one principle and applied it to the resources that God has given you, your stress level will go down dramatically. Now, you may not like the budget. 
You may not like how it works, and I get that, but you'd be sleep better at night because you'd understand where, everything, where, the, where the ins and outs are going with your finances. Don't let it control you. Control it. Fourth, fourth thing. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. I'm at this stage of life, um, somebody told me this when I was younger, I didn't believe it, and now that I'm at this stage of life, I actually believe it now, and I uh, understand, like, oh, they were right, you know, okay, I, I get it. So I'm going to tell you the same thing that I was told. If you're younger, you probably won't believe me, and then someday you'll go, oh, yeah, he was right. So here's the thing. When your kids leave the house, you have way more disposable income. It's a true statement. Our girls, our girls are never coming home again. I know they watch this online. They're never, they're never coming home again, right? I understand. They can, but they're never coming home again, okay? And it's Monica and I, and, and we, ha, we have a lot more disposable income. Why? Because there's only two of us. There were four of us. Our kids will call and go, wait, you're, 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 going, out to, uh, you're going out to dinner? Yeah, yeah, because we can, because we can afford it. And we can go to nicer places now because there's only two of us, you know? <laughs> but just because I can... Does it mean that I should? Look at this, Proverbs 13. One pretends to be rich and has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. Proverbs 23, 4 and 5. Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. That is not a question that most Americans ask themselves. Because for some of us, we are at a stage of life where you have a lot of disposable income and you can afford to do a lot more than you did when you were younger. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. I don't know what your finances look like. I don't know, but I, I know this. Every time I choose to spend money and it goes out, it lessens the opportunities that might come my way. That's just a truism. That's just a true thing about money. You only have so much. When the money goes out, well, however you choose to spend it, you have less opportunity. So for some of the things you go, well, you know, maybe I, I can do this, but maybe I shouldn't do this. Now, the flip side of that is true. And I want to make sure I, I, I cover that as well, because we don't normally talk about this in church, but I think this, this part is, is just as important. For some of you, like you go, okay, I've got resources. I'm managing it. Okay, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. Some of you need to live a little. I'm seriously, I mean, you just need, you need to, you need to enjoy the blessings that God has given you. Now, others of you are like going, I do that all the time. No, that's not what I'm talking about. (laughs) That's my problem. No, that's not what I mean. But for some of you, God, God has given you resources and, and you, you live like a pauper and, and you don't, you don't give to anybody. You don't share with anybody. You, you just kind of sit on this, this mound of, whatever, and you don't enjoy it. Every once in a while, you should go out and have a nice meal. When Monica and I were on sabbatical, um, we went to, uh, in South Carolina, we went to a, a steakhouse. It's, it's supposedly, it's the nicest steakhouse in all of America. It's called Hall's Chop House. Hall's Chop. Now, I'm a foodie. I love food. I know, you're like, big surprise. No, I love food. Um, and I, I, I enjoy trying all kinds of food. And so we're like, man, we could go to the steakhouse. I will tell you, I won't tell you the bill. I will tell you it's the most expensive meal I have ever spent in my life. Um, we went in there and I looked at Monica and I said, from this moment on till we're done, the answer is yes. 
and we enjoyed probably the nicest meal we've ever had in our lives. When we left, there was a moment of, eh, but then I got over it really quick. Because <laughs> okay, that's just the way I'm wired, right? I, I understand who I am. Um, but there was a little bit of this, ooh. But we had a fantastic time. I can tell you stories about going into that restaurant and all the fun things that we experienced. And I think that's part of God's blessing. I think that's part of the God, God gives us stuff. And there's a balance there. Because for some of you, I don't want you walking away today thinking, oh, well, see, Kevin said I could just spend money like it's, you know, like it's raining. No, that's not at all. That's not the principle here. That's not at all what God is saying. But God does give to us and God does want to bless us. And it's not always financial. There's other things that, that, that God does and, and blesses with us. The idea, though, is asking yourself the question, just because I can do this, doesn't mean I should. And for others of you who are you are younger and you're just kind of starting out and you don't have as much resources, remember this because you, I'm telling you, you will come to a point in your life where you, where you will have more than you need. It, it, it just, it's just going to happen. And if you don't learn these lessons when you're younger and when you don't, you know, when, when you're still living, the money's a little tighter, you won't enjoy it when you get older and understand how that works. Number five. Oh, Sorry. One thing I want to tell you about this, this is really important. Um, just because I can doesn't mean I should. So I have permission to share this story. Um, I talked to my daughter about this. I was super proud of her um, and just the whole process. So our oldest daughter, Mackenzie, she lives in Phoenix, Arizona area. And a couple weeks ago, she wanted to, she was talking to us about buying a car. Now, Mackenzie drives a 24-year-old Toyota Camry. Everything you just pictured in your mind is true about the 24-year-old Toyota Camry, right? She's in Arizona. It's hot. The air conditioner works. It's not what you would call, it, it, is, it is not a car that you would go, ooh. It's just kind of, it's an A to B, right? It's an A to B. And she's like, you know, Dad, I, I think I want to buy a car. Okay. Are you sure? Well, yeah. And, and you know, we, we kind of talked it all through. And Mackenzie's at a point in her life where she actually has the resources. She's doing really well down there. She saved her money. And so she's at the car dealership and we're having this whole conversation about, should I buy a car? Should I not buy a car? She penciled all the numbers. And I said to her, I said, okay, Mackenzie, here's the deal. Don't buy it tonight. Go home, pray about it. And, and I said, if you're supposed to get the car, you're going to get it the, the next day. It'll still be there. So she left. She went home. She prayed about it. She thought about it. And on her own, she came to the conclusion that, you know what? Where I am right now in my stage of life, I don't want to be tethered to this car payment. I'm going to wait and drive my 20 four-plus-year-old car a little while longer. She came to that conclusion by running through this same scenario of going, okay, I can afford it. Should I? And for some of you, just stepping through that portal of going, okay, just because I can doesn't mean I should, would help you tremendously with the resources that you have. Okay, number five. Do I have a heart of gratitude or attitude? Do I have a heart of gratitude or attitude? When it comes to money, when it comes to spending money, do I have a heart of gratitude or attitude? This next passage um, is, for me, is one of the hardest passages in the Bible. Um, I, <laughs> you'll know why in a second. It is one of those passages where you're like, ooh, that is real, that is wisdom, that is true. I really should embrace that. But it, man, in principle, it's really, really hard to do. Here's the passage, Proverbs 38 and 9. 
Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. Now, we like this part about, I don't want to be poor. Right? I mean, nobody, nobody's like, I want to be poor. Nobody wishes for that. So we're like, yeah, 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 God, give, give me enough so I don't hurt. But, but the, <laughs> the um, don't give me enough that I'm rich? Ooh. The principle here is contentment. Because whether you are rich or poor, whether you have a lot or a little, that's not the point. The point is that whatever you do have, are you content? Can you say to the Lord with the resources that you have, it's, it's enough? You're like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, is, think of it in different terms. Are you con- is, is it contentment or greed? Like, I'm not greedy. I'm, I'm, I'm not greedy at all. Well, here's the definition of greed. Greed means a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. A desire for more of something than is needed. Remember we talked about what is a need, what is a want? Well, when it comes to our, our bank account, we, we got to be really careful, especially when, it's, when it comes to spending money. Do I have a heart of gratitude or do I have a heart of attitude? There's a joke about money. You ask people, how much money do you need to be happy? And the answer is just a little bit more. We don't want to admit that, but there's a little bit of truth in that in all of us, right? How much do you need to be happy? Ah, oh, just a little more. What would it look like for you and I to be content in our spending? I don't know. But it's a great question to ask. What would it look like for us to pray the prayer? Dare we? This is like, it's like praying for patience, right? Nobody prays for patience. What would it look like to say to God, God, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be rich. Just give me enough for today and that'll be enough. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oof. I want to tell you, I want to tell you that I'm at that point of going, oh yeah, I, I pray that. Oof. Well, I'm a work in progress, okay? I'm just, just, I'm just being honest with you. But when it comes to spending, boy, that's a great place to start. When it comes to money, boy, that is a great place to start. Because here's the thing that, that drives all that. Spending money we don't have to fulfill things we don't need hurts us and those around us. Spending money we don't have to fulfill things that we don't need. Here's, here's the underlying principle. If... When I'm talking about spending money, if I have an attitude about spending money, meaning I need this stuff, I need to go here, I need to drive this, I need to wear that, I need to, to, to show this certain thing, and that's where I get my contentment, and that's where I get my peace, and that's where I get my joy, what I'm doing is I am replacing the thing that money has provided with God. That is a scary place to be. But in reality, that is what it means. That go, okay, God, you are the provider of all things. And if you have nice things, good for you. And if God brings nice things into your life, good for you. There's nothing wrong with that. But if the driver in your life is I need this in order to be happy, I need this in order to be fulfilled, be careful. Because you are taking money, you are taking things, and you are replacing it with God for your contentment. Because one thing I have learned about buying things is that eventually everything breaks down and becomes useless. 
<clears throat> I was uh, on the internet and I asked some friends about, uh, you know, quotes and stuff about what to do for spending money. And I love this. Someone said, joy and contentment aren't for sale. Joy and contentment aren't for sale. See, that's the real fool's gold is that we think we can spend our way into joy and contentment and we can't. We can buy something that's gonna make us feel happy and we can't. Joy and contentment aren't for sale. What does contentment look like in your checkbook? What does contentment look like in your credit card statement? I don't know. But, but all of us have the opportunity this week to answer that question because all of us are gonna spend money this week and in the weeks to come. What does contentment look like in your checkbook, in your credit card statement? So I've said all that for this reason. Here's the central point. Instead of asking, how much money does this cost? Ask yourself, what is the cost of spending this money? Instead of asking yourself, how much money does this cost? Can I afford it? Ask yourself, what's the cost? The real cost, the emotional cost, the spiritual cost, the physical cost of spending this money. Is this a need or a want? Will this help me or hurt me? Does this control me or do I control it? Just because I can doesn't mean I should. Do I have a heart of gratitude or attitude? These are all questions I think that as we spend money in the days and the weeks to come that we should, we should be thinking about as we go to the book of Proverbs because God has given us all resources and all of us are going to have an opportunity to do something with those resources. One of my favorite quotes that somebody shared with me, actually it's someone that goes to church and I think, it's, I think, it is, um, I think they, they said it out of their own heart. I love this. It's, she said, it's not your salary that makes you rich, it's your spending habits. It's like, ooh, it's true. It's not your salary that makes you rich, it's your spending habits because contentment is something that we choose. Contentment is something that we choose. And as this week, look, as you go through Spending money. Be thankful. Be grateful. God gave you money. Good for you. Take the opportunities that are in front of you. Good for you. But ask yourself, what's the why behind the what? And for some of you, you're going, okay, I, look, I'm, I'm in over my head. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of stuck. I've, I've made some decisions with money and it hasn't worked out well for me. I, I want to encourage you. Look, we're, we're not just saying, you know, here's the Bible, be warm and filled and, and go, Right? We put some resources together online. I showed you this website before. It's gracepointkitsap.com forward slash wisdom. Gracepointkitsap.com forward slash wisdom. There's several things on there. There's a link to Dave Ramsey. There's a link to some other um, um, things that you can use that are super helpful because all of us have to navigate money. It's this necessary evil that we have in our lives. But we choose, we choose what to do with it. So let's take God's wisdom and let's choose wisely and see what God does through that. Amen? Amen? God, thank you for today. Thank you for my friends that have gathered here. God, hopefully just to, to hear from your word. God, you in, in this room, you have given all of us money in some way, shape, or form. And this week, we have an opportunity to spend the money that you've given us. God, Help us make wise decisions. Money shouldn't keep us up at night. It shouldn't stress us out. It shouldn't cause arguments behind closed doors. God, it is a resource that you've given us. Help us to be wise, wise, wise with what you have given us. And God, above all, help us to be grateful. Thanks, God, for allowing us to be here today.
to hear your wisdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Hey, hey, timing is everything, right? <laughs> Shut up, Kevin, it's over. Okay, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> hey, uh, before you leave, just to remind you, if you are new to Grace Point Church, we have a gift for you um, out of the guest service counter. Just go there. We'd love to give you a gift for being here. And come back next week. Barry is back for week three. Stupid should hurt. See you next week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>